Hello, everybody, and welcome to another awesome episode of Podcast. I am Jordan, like always, with Brother Brandon. Cheers. And best friend Ryan. Hello, everybody. And tonight we are doing a commentary episode. As you can tell when you download this episode, this is the Army of Darkness commentary episode. Oh. Something that Brother Brandon's been waiting two years for the Podcast history to do. He has finally gotten <laughs> his wish. Two years? Podcast been on for two years. I'm out of I'm out of sort with my dates. Yeah, no, dead. We've been on for two years, bro. <laughs> okay. Yeah, two years because we came on a year after Movie Guys. All right. Movie Guys is celebrating three years. So. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's been a long time. But uh, so this is a movie that we're gonna do a commentary on. The last time we did a commentary episode was our Back to the Future trilogy. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed the first two, but the third one was definitely a chore. I feel this one is gonna be a chore. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to be as bad as you think. I think you're going to have a little bit more fun with it than you think. I have, I, I have seen only half of this movie in my life. Well, it's a movie that doesn't take itself serious. And I always tell people that have never seen it, if you go in knowing that, you can have a fun ride. All right. I mean, like, best friend Ryan, he's he has a little bit of uh, different thoughts of this too, right? You're two-faced of the matter on this one, right? Well, I think that I, I, I portray a perfect medium between you because you don't like this movie, Jordan. And, and Brandon here has told us countless times this is one of his favorite movies of all time. And I've seen it once. I didn't really care for it, you know, but I understand why people would like it. So I feel like I'm, I'm that good uh, medium. Medium. Yeah. medium. So if you everybody wants to watch the movie or listen along to it, uh, go ahead and put the Army of Darkness DVD in now. Well, bef before we get into it too much, we can go ahead and let people know that... Uh, if you want to follow along with us, this is the director's cut. Um, I'm not. Sh I think the director's cut you can still get DVD wise, uh, but what I have is the Scream Factory release Blu-ray, um, and the Scream Factory release comes with four editions of the flick. You get the theatrical cut, which is poop. Any big fan of Army of Darkness will tell you don't watch the theatrical; it's cut to shit. You want the director's cut or the television cut? The and television cut is better than the theatrical cut. Oh yeah. It's a little bit more fun. They keep in some of the more key dynamic scenes. And then you got the international cut. <laughs> We're watching all four tonight. No, now, I'm just kidding. Not to prolong the intro. I do have a question, though. I own the Blu-ray copy that's the Screwhead edition. Because yeah. it was in the those beautiful $788 bins mm -hmm. uh, at Walmart. So I bought it because we did a previous podcast. We did like a whole, we did the whole Evil Dead series. Now, what's the difference? Is the Screwhead edition just the theatrical edition? The yeah, version? the Screwhead edition is theatrical. It just has the making of with it. Okay, and that's about it. So I've seen the I've seen the shitty one then. Yeah, that my uh, my eyes may be open. I've seen the one that was on television. I. I... So, and this, what's cool about the director's cut? It has an ending that's only familiar to this cut. Mm. It's a it's a dark ending. Uh, a lot of some fans kind of don't like it. They think it's too dark to the to the character. I actually kind of like it, but director's cut's the only way to get the alternative ending. And Sam Raimi, when he made Evil Dead, did not know he was going to make this ham of a movie, right? Oh no, no. I mean, I've, naturally, it's one of the first independent like horror movies of the '80s to really stand out. I, I mean, they didn't know where they were going with it until until now like okay <laughs> which we'll get into it as the movie goes I'll, have, I'll throw in some trivia and stuff about it so this is the director's cut of army of darkness fans of podcast go ahead and put the menu in now we're going to click play right now so if you want to click play at this second to join us then you may so in three two, two one, one. 
Best friend Ryan, spin that shit. Well, you're controlling it this time. But God fucking I damn understand. it, for the sake of the show. Sorry. I hit the button. It was me, guys. I apologize. <laughs> now, see, one of the first things I wanted, I wanted to bring up is how interesting it is that Universal got behind this project. Oh, Dino De Laurentiis. What's his name? Dino De Laurentiis. Okay. <laughs> um... The reason, like, it, it's always fascinated me that Universal, a big studio, get behind this project because at the time, during Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2, uh, the property of Evil Dead was only familiar to a niche group. So, not a huge fan base, a lot of people still not familiar with Evil Dead or 2, and still Universal put money behind it. And that's what's amazing. You don't really get that today. And now, is this before or after um, Darkman? Uh, after. This is after Darkman? So he, so he got Darkman money to do this. Wait a minute. Which this... I think is what helps, because Darkman was universal. All this all this starts where number two ends. Essentially, yeah. Gotcha. They're going to recap the second movie, because the second movie is a remake of the first movie. Uh, go. And he's got a different girlfriend in each of the movies. Yeah. Which I think oh, is this is the fun. different. This is a different one. Yeah. That's Bridget Fonda. But she wears the Michigan State, <laughs> the standard Michigan State. Because because the sequel, Evil Dead Two: Dead by Dawn, is a remake. Well, here's what's interesting about Evil Dead Two: the reason why um, the footage they have to, and same thing with Army of Darkness, and it happened in Evil Dead Two, they had to reshoot, do a recap of the beginning. Is because they technically don't own the rights to their first movie. Ah, so it's another. So they had to redo, reshoot their own. <laughs> so how, if that's the case, how are they able to make a sequel if they don't own the rights to the original? Do they just not own like replication rights? I think so. Okay. They took Linda, so he read the Necronomicon. Okay. <laughs> Are these actual scenes from the second movie? Yeah. Not that part. That Oh, that was all reshot. So what, what came first for Sam Raimi? Army of Darkness or Hercules? Sam Raimi? Yeah, he's a producer on that. He's like oh, the her, Oh, yeah, okay. And Xena. Yeah, Xena's Cam- Yeah, yeah. Because uh, when I watch, like, because I read the, um, the Bruce Campbell book, was Chins, mm. Chins could kill. Confessions of a B movie actor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he talks. He goes into detail, but I can't remember which one came first. But like watching the, this, uh, what I did a couple years ago, it very much reminded me of the Hercules, at least from a costume and set standpoint. I want to say you're saying what, uh, what's relation to Army of Darkness, like in time period. Yeah. Like which came first for him? I think Army. Okay. Did it say Bruce Campbell versus Army of Darkness? That's the original title. Yeah. Also, some other things I noticed when you guys were talking. When uh, Bruce Campbell was flying through the uh, woods, you see a wonderful string on his back. <laughs> uh, the second thing I noticed is at the end of Evil Dead 2, he fights them in... Wow, that's a set. Uh, he Beautiful fights them in the grocery store. That's at the end. Of this movie? Yeah. Okay, so I got my movies confused. Although it won't be the ending to this version. Okay. Oh, just like the downbeat one where he comes back to, in time and like everything. There's people in the park, like deadites in the parking lot or something. Uh, not quite. Um, I mean, we can go ahead and talk about it. It is. It's dystopian. Uh, the whole world has gone to shit. 
Um, I won't explain why it gets to that point. I'll let you guys see it. So why does he get sent back in time? Do they explain this in the movie? In the second one. No, but in this movie. Why does he go back to medieval times? Because. I mean... <laughs> does he, so he opened a portal with the Necronomicon? Is that what happens? Well, yeah. When he's defeated it, when he tried defeating it in two, uh, essentially like the spell backfired. So he tried to defeat the demon that possessed his girlfriend in the second movie. Deadite. The Deadite. So what's the Necronomicon? Book of the Dead. It's what awoken the Deadites. Okay, so he was so so so, so Bruce Campbell in the second movie opens the Necronomicon, the Book of the Dead, and he does this spell, but the spell fucks up. It creates a portal vortex. It sucks him into medieval times. The reason why medieval times is this essentially is the the birth of the Deadite. This is like their their reign. And this is their height of power. So the Deadites are not existent at this moment in time when he goes back. No, they are. This is their this is where their their pinnacle. So all these people know that Deadites yes. exist. And Deadites are just demonic. It's a demonic force. So they're demons. I didn't know this was a fucking history <laughs> lesson. I don't know anything You're about this. You're supposed to be the expert. We don't know. I want to watch the movie. What we're doing a commentary. That's not the point. This is a commentary. We don't know. All right, so Good I do God. have a question. Who's the knight that uh, just confronted uh, Ash? The one that's his, like, nemesis throughout the movie? Because that guy looks very familiar. I can't place my finger on it. The actor's name? Yeah, like anything else he's been in. I have no clue. All right. I'm going to pull out my phone look this up. I'm not that much of an expert. Well, you clearly are because you're answering a lot of questions I didn't know existed. I'm sorry. You 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 ended the introduction by oh I'm gonna give a bunch of facts and tidbits. I didn't say a bunch. That's what I heard. Well, you heard wrong. So all this stuff is is blue matte painting in sets. This is this is fascinating. Um. All right, so he opens up a vortex, and the polar vortex takes him to medieval times, and this is the height of the deadites. And after this movie, the Deadites, regardless of the ending, uh, the, the, the Deadites kind of lay semi-dormant until he awakens them again with the Necronomicon in the first, second movie, essentially. Is that how this kind of history thing lands out? or Sure. Well, I, I don't know. Oh, is, oh, okay, so this is the, uh, this is the love interest. And Beth Davids, yeah. And Beth David, is that the actress' name or the mm -hmm. character's name? Actress's name. So after Darkman, but before Darkman Two, I'm assuming. He didn't make. He didn't make Darkman Two. Oh, he didn't even produce it. I mean, he probably was maybe a creative consultant, which means they are never on set. But you got to add their name to it anyway because it's part of their property. Now, what was this ninety two? Yeah, ninety-one, ninety-two. So it's early. Okay. Do you remember when Evil Dead Two came out? Eighty-seven. Oh, it's thirty-one years old. <laughs> the first one came out in eighty-one. Okay. It was made in nineteen seventy-nine. The first one was made in seventy-nine, but it was released in eighty-one. That's why it says groovy. Huh? That's why it says groovy a lot. Because it's seventy-nine. <laughs> That's I like that. It's cute. No, but I mean, you gotta, like, I know you're not too fond of how it looks so far, Jordan, but you gotta be impressed 
for a guy who came from, you know, the first one. What guy? Three, Bruce or Sam? Sam Raimi. May, raising $300,000 on his own so that he gets to work on this. No, I, 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 I can't knock that. You're right. That's only, that's only a decade. That's a decade that it took to get to that point. Now, granted, it takes another decade to get to Spider-Man. But still, that's a pretty impressive jump, especially for that time period. Ryan, I, I, oh, go ahead. I would, I'd agree with that statement from the behind-the-scenes point of view. I really do agree with that. It's just at right now, right off the bat, I would not be watching this on TV. Like it's just, it's just the way it, the, the cinematography, the acting. I, I don't see why people love Bruce Campbell. Maybe I'll change my mind in this movie, but I just see him as a terrible actor. I, I don't see the appeal. Well, I don't... He's not trying to be Oscar. That's I think that's the thing. Like, he's... He's owning the role. He's owning the cheesy role. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he knows, like I said in the beginning, he knows what this project is. And sure. all of his projects are B-movies. Like, we tried explaining uh, last week with B-movie actors. Or sure. I tried failing. <laughs> tried failing. Well, no, it's, it's, it's not that I... Okay, so maybe clarify. Maybe I don't, I don't know if I'm explaining myself well on it. I know that he's a B movie actor, but even though I just, I just, I just don't feel that he's. I get what you're saying that he knows what he is in, and I know what he is making. I totally get that. I really, really do. But on other stuff that I've seen him in, including this movie, I, I just, I just, I just don't, I just don't see good acting in general. I don't see anything really. Like I don't look for an Oscar form, I just I just see him as. What were they pushing him down into? The pit bitch. What's the pit bitch? Oh, okay, we're gonna see it. Mm. Oh, good. Okay, well, let me guess. Necronomicon. It's a deadite. A deadite. Sorry. Necronomicon's the book. So the deadite's down there. So everybody's I think looking what, at the pit. I think what makes Sam really Sam really, I think what makes Sam Raimi so appealing. <laughs> oh, like there's that's good timing. There's a plane flying above our heads right now, right as the geyser is going. Do we not see the deadite? Oh, you will. Oh, you will. Okay. Yeah, because Ash. Remember, this is all from Ash's perspective, so we're experiencing this life, this world, through his eyes. So. We're not going to see the, the pit bitch. That's called pit bitch? Hmm? The pit bitch until he sees the pit bitch. Gotcha. What is the... Okay, so we had a guy that ran away. I would too, after seeing what I just saw. Blood just volcanoing out of the hole. Uh, what's the point of wearing armor if an arrow can pierce it? Well, it's the medieval times. I don't know any better. Nah, I'm just asking. He's probably, he was probably a, a conscripted serf who didn't even want to be there to begin with. <laughs> See, like, to try to answer your question more about Bruce Campbell, Jordan, I love, I love his expressiveness. I, I love his, I love his ability to go over the top. He's, I don't know, he's a marrying of old fifty B movie heroes mm -hmm. with a touch of Jim Carrey. I can see the Jim Carrey in that because of the facial expressions. You're right. Yeah, I can see that. He's hammy. He's a ham sandwich. With and cheese. I think, I think what it might be, Jordan. If I can, if I can try to pick your brain here. I think it's because I don't know if maybe you have a hard time 
marrying the two images of like this offbeat sort of character actor who's goofy and also like he has those leading man good looks so maybe you're like you're like well he's he's an attractive like he's a strapping man you know he shouldn't be it doesn't work for him to make these faces all the time which goes back to science fiction movies of the 50s you got strapping handsome good-looking men fighting giant rubber ants or giant rubber aliens yeah. it's like they're they're leading men back in their time but as they get older i mean hmm. hollywood no longer wants them so they got to work not that this was the case for bruce campbell but no yeah he was he was wasn't he just uh uh sam raimi's buddy in college mm-hmm uh-oh dead-eyed arm high school right i think they're high school friends yeah yeah oh they're high school yeah, buddies they, they so tower. bruce campbell literally sucks sam raimi's dick for making him a millionaire because he's his friends, and Saint Raimi gave me his gave me a start. I think it's a shared. Oh Jesus! It's like well, they both have a shared love for what they're doing, and like Sam Raimi is the creative one who finds his conduit through Bruce Campbell. Like he, Bruce Campbell studied to be an actor to a certain degree. I don't know if he did in college or not. But like, you know, it's like if if you know Jordan, you wanted to make a movie. Right, and you have Brandon, who's acted in movies before, and you're like, "Oh, hey, you like we understand each other. We know kind of almost instinctually what each other wants. Why would you not go with him?" Gotcha. Yeah, makes sense. So the first guy falls into the pit, screams, and gets blood just poured everywhere. But this, to be clear, this isn't the pit bitch yet. <laughs> oh, this isn't the one that <laughs> that yet. killed the guy. Not yet. This, okay, this wasn't the guy. That, okay, this wasn't the one that killed the first guy. This is just a random deadite that they're going to have him fight for um, action reasons. Oh, he's going to get his, he's going to get his, uh, he's going to get his uh, chainsaw. Oh! So, if you get mutilated as a deadite, are you dead as a human? Uh. Oh my god. Mutilated as in, like, if I were to cut off, what, what do you mean? Like, if I were to she cut off... She gets her arm cut off, and she comes back as a human. Is she, her arm's cut off still? I would believe so. Although, once you become a deadite, you're pretty much, you're a goner. Oh, you're, you'll never come back as a human? Pretty much not. Okay. So, he cuts her off with his awesome hammy, I'm gonna put my broken arm hand, no hand, into the chainsaw... And now, this is... Oh, is this the bitch? Yeah. That's the one that killed the guy? <laughs> Alright. Cuts off the bitch's hand. Now, now she's a dead-eye too, but she's just more fucked up than the first one, huh? Okay. That's fine. She's probably down there for years. <laughs> oh, oh! The pit bitch is coming back. Trying to grab his leg. But how do you feel about the, the visual makeups of that? The prosthetics they got in Not a fan. Not a fan? Why not? not? A fan. It's, just, it's, it's not my style. It's, it's something I don't like. It's just, The ham, the, the, the creature stuff has always been Brandon's thing. Uh, the creature thing has never been my thing, really. Here's the thing, though. You have to admit. It's better than doing CGI. I will 100% agree with you on that. I mean, I respect what they're doing with it. It, I mean, I I, I know the people that create it. Yeah, I'm not saying it's an amazing practical effect. However, my my two cents on practical versus CGI has always been, 
I don't hate CGI. I think CGI is wonderful. I love it when CGI is a tool, not a crutch. And I think a bad practical effect will always be a hundred times better than a bad CGI effect. I agree with you. So Bruce Campbell came out of the pit, defeated the pit pitch, and went to the knight and said, your shoes are untied. And the knight goes down. He doesn't know what that means. Because he didn't have shoes like that. <laughs> and he punches him in the face and he knocks him out. So now he wants to know who has, who, who wants some. Who wants some with Bruce Campbell? This guy wants some. This guy doesn't look like he wants any. He does not want more. See, I feel like at this, I think this is a good character moment here, right? It's like, it's something later that I always had a problem with, but this right here I think is a good, good demonstration of Ash's intelligence, right? I think at this point he realizes, like, he, he came back in a car, nobody's ever seen a car, uh, and came to Portal, they captured him, but he was able to defeat the, the pit bitch, so he understands at this moment he, like, they think he's, like, a, almost a god. So he's willing to, to wager that against his freedom, essentially, by taking on everybody, t trying to challenge anyone to a fight. And they're not going to question it because it's so obscure to them. Yeah. And he just beat the pit bitch, which nobody has. Well, and this is what, as you'll, as you'll see later on, this leads up to them being, well, he eliminated two deadites. This is clearly the hero that's been prophesized. Oh, that's right. He defeated the first deadite against the spikes right there, right? That was the first one? Yeah, and then the pit bitch. So, like, he's eliminated two in a matter of minutes. Arthur. Oh, this guy's name is Arthur? He's not King Arthur. No. No. Okay, they're just doing it to be clever. I shall see you dead. So now you've got magic, essentially, quote-unquote. With the gun. Right. The boomstick. Exactly. Hey, you know something. Well, I don't know what it is. This is my boomstick. Yeah, I don't know the boomstick <laughs> thing. I, I used to love horror as a kid. I know it. I love this. Grand Rapids, Michigan. Oh, a hair trigger. <laughs> shop smart, shop S smart. Oh, there's the pit bitch. Kill the bitch. The somersault into the pit after being shot by a shotgun is amazing. And I said earlier, the leading lady, that's uh, M. Beth Davids. Now, if you she's if she seems familiar, uh, there's a couple of movies I know her from. She's Miss Honey and Matilda, uh, Matilda's teacher. And she's in 13 Ghosts, the remake, as Kalina. You love 13 Ghosts, the remake. Oh, yeah, it's dumb, but I like it. I've never seen the original. You know, it, it's nothing like the remake, right? It's it's not the same movie at all. It'll put you to sleep. Different title, I mean, same no, no. title, different movie. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Most William Castle stuff in the time was, eh, which is why I, I was I was totally behind Dark Castle. 
Uh-huh. Uh, the whole, like, remaking of uh-huh. William Castle movies. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So now he's treated like a king. No boobs. What do you mean? Oh, well, there's actually a little bit of nudity later on. Oh, okay. You're going to get some boob shot. Okay, I was going to say, because usually after a god defeats the pit bitch, you would think there would be titties everywhere. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, that's what I would think. Because they didn't have titties back in the old 1950s Ray Harryhausen uh, effects spectacles. I guess. I mean, that's what this is. This is just basically an homage to those movies. Jason and the Argonauts, Sinbad. I never liked any of those, so I can see why I've never had an interest in this. You never liked a Harryhausen effect movie? I never liked Clash of the Titans either. But, you know, it's just not my thing, man. Who is this? Oh, fuck me! Who's this bitch? Is she a deadite? It's temporarily using her body. The deadites know who's come. Oh, the deadites know that this motherfucker is a badass. Well, he's been battling him for two movies. But one, but but you said um, that once you get taken over by a deadite, then you're pretty much fucked, right? So that means that woman's dead now. Or... No, I mean, they can... You were saying in mutilation parts. Yeah. Like, right now, if they were to leave her body, they're just using her as a conduit right now. Okay. There's a trick, get an axe. They're gonna chop her up. That's the only way to really get rid of a deadite is to dismember it. But the rule's sort of kind of broken here. Oh, my eyes are blind! <laughs> the chaotic energy with Sam Raimi's filming, I think, is another aesthetic that people love him. The camera's never still in his movies. Let's go. A perfect example of this, yeah. in one of the Spider-Man movies, a complete homage to Evil Dead, is Spider-Man 2. The whole Doc Ock scene in the uh, hospital is fucking terrifying. If you can kind of remember how it was shot. Yeah, yeah. How does he have bullets still? And a shotgun? In medieval times. Jordan, I don't know if you know this, but this is a work of fiction. <laughs> You're telling me. You've seen a movie where a man <laughs> opens a book, sends him back in time, fights a man who fights people in medieval times, kills some monster in a pit, and you're like, now where did he get bullets? Hey, I ask the same question every time I watch an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. This is one of the best parts. I love the construction and the montage of building something. (laughs) So he's building himself a hand. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's one of the things I had an issue with when I watched it the first time. Because there's another part later where he just kind of like knows chemistry, and I I would not picture that from the previous two movies because he's kind of like the goof jock character of the horror stereotypes in those two movies. Do you remember how uh, he learns chemistry though in this? Not really. And that it completes the joke, though. Okay. They open up the trunk, and he has a chemistry 101 textbook. <laughs> That's right. 
<laughs> oh, this is going to be a chore for me. You're not oh. having fun? Oh, I'm trying. This is bad for me. This is bad. For me. See, even he doesn't know. And that's why, like, it, it, this, it all, it's all building up to a character arc. Like, he even doesn't know things. Yeah. Things that, you know, the 21st century or 20th century people would know. But he's, like Ryan said, he's using it to his advantage. He's being arrogant. He's being cocky right now. Which is amazing because, what, not even 12 hours prior, his girlfriend got brutally, brutally mutilated and everything <laughs> he's, happened. He's about to make a pass at this bitch. Yeah, so she slaps him, and then he passionately comes in and goes, I wish this could happen in real life. That's what they did in the 50s, man. Like, I know. have an emotional outburst, and the man just be calm, like, hey, let's make out. Yeah. It'll solve all your problems. Yeah, that's what I wish it would And this be. is all a product of Sam Raimi and his brothers. Like, they grew up in the 50s. They grew up with these movies. So now they're going to lay and have sex by the fire. Wouldn't you? She just met, okay. <laughs> I know, and his, he just saw his, his his girlfriend, his love, you know, get attacked by a monster not too long ago. Yeah, like 12 hours ago of that. Alright. There's emotional stress, man. He got sent back in time. It's true. Without even having any hope right now that there's a chance to go back home. Well, no, I guess it's fine. He went back in time. The girl he loved, hasn't, she doesn't exist. So it's not cheating. That's true. One could understand why Ripley... Oh, you fucking, really? Would be sexually frustrated after being frozen for 56 years, sir. Go however... Go fuck yourself. However, he's been gone for 12 hours. Just saying. He's been through a lot of activity that would make your testosterone pump. Yeah. I'm just also saying that is like another just shoehorn alien reference. No, and I every. Get it. I always try to figure out how to shoehorn alien reference into podcast. I have to. It's my calling card. That's your thing. I say hello and good night, and you you talk about aliens. Mm. Aliens. Yeah, aliens. What? What is it? So he has he has he has Merlin up here, <laughs> and and Merlin yeah, knows. That's a good reference. Knows that he is a future boy. Well, like well, I was saying earlier, because of what he did with the pit bitch and the other. Uh, That's from Nether Sitzel. Yeah. So they need so so now he needs to go and get the Necronomicon. Right, because in order to protect them from the army of darkness, title drop, <laughs> they need the book. To and, stop anybody from raising the army of darkness. Well just to stop the Didites completely. They're ravaging their whole region. Oh, okay, so okay, so in the Necronomicon book there's also spells to stop the Deadites. Yeah, you can reverse spells. Gotcha. And they need the book to do it, but they won't go here to get the book because the Deadites are just because everywhere Because the prophecy, here. the chosen one, you know, that age-old tale, is yeah. the only one that can retrieve it. 
So not an average Joe guy can go in here and, and retrieve the book because the Deadites are everywhere. Well, there's challenges, too, as you'll come to see. Oh, there's challenges to get the so book. So once that all leads up to what he did previously in the pit. Okay. Once he did everything with the pit, they realized this could be the guy that can actually go here. They've okay. probably sent tons of people in here to try to retrieve it, but they've all died. Because there's challenges and Deadites and bullshit like that. Okay. Makes sense. So let's send the guy. Okay. I love the fog. <laughs> are Deadites only selected to this region in this world, or are they everywhere? It's not specified. Okay. Not that I know of. Oh, the classic uh, camera motion. Yeah. Yeah. That's always fun. How do they do that now? Well, in Evil Dead 1, it was simply taking a 2x4 and mounting the camera on it. And then each guy stands on one end of 2x4, and they just run with it through the woods. And what about the second and this one, do you know? To save money? I'd say probably the same thing. Although the Steadicam was invented. Yeah, uh, yeah. So the by this here. time, so maybe with the budget. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I would doubt they would let a, uh, like a union, because this is a union movie, that they would let that, like, go on. Two, two by four in a camera. Two by four. <laughs> so you gotta understand, like he's working with vastly more expensive cameras too. Right, and this is Universal's got their money tied in now too. And, and Dino, what was his name? Jordan? Dino? Dino De Laurentiis. Okay, yeah, him. He's a big mega producer. He was the he was the uh, Jerry Bruckheimer of his time. Yeah. Seventies and eighties. Can he see the floaty thing coming at him? I think that's uh. That's like the. Can spirit. he see this? Whatever this is, is it like a cloud? Or I mean, I've I've, I've always wanted to know back in the day to the other movies, hmm, because he looks question. like he has seen something. I always assumed it was a presence you felt. Yeah, that's what I always assumed it was. Like it's not something you saw. It's just like that dread, and you're just trying to outpace it. You know, it's not like that from the happening where we have to outrun the wind thing. <laughs> that's it's a like, good. That's a good way of putting it. I, yeah, I think so. Okay. All right. That's cool. I can deal with that. All right. Because it's never presented as as smoke or anything. So yeah, that's I, what I was wondering. Not what, like what the smoke it? monster in Lost. Yeah. So I just always took it as like, like it's just this feeling, this just deep despair or fear you're trying to outrun. So that is a dead-eyed demon that could possess him. A force, yeah, essentially. If it were to reach him, it would... Well, have you seen, uh, have you seen Evil Dead 2? Uh, yeah, I've seen them all. Yeah, well, there's a moment where it actually infects him, and he gets the evil dead, he yeah. gets the evil ash face. Yeah. Yeah. I actually really like the remake. I'd uh, I'd call it a requel. Uh, clever. I'd I call like it that. a requel. I, 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 I like the beginning, when they, when they burned the girl in the beginning. That was really cool. Oh, you mean the actual re the remake remake from 2013? Yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha. I thought I you really, were Evil Dead too. I really like that movie. That one's good. Ah, uh, the only thing I didn't like I didn't like how they handled their deadites. Yeah, they weren't really dead ity. No. That's a word. They weren't. It seemed like any little thing could have killed them. Whereas, like deadite, a true deadite is even after you cut up a deadite to a hundred pieces, all hundred of those pieces are gonna try to get to you, and that's what I like about a deadite. You see what? I, see now that's the funny thing. Maybe maybe I'm I'm uh, looking for my cake and eat it too in these movies. I I, I expect my deadites to be crazy and hammy and ridiculous, mm -hmm. but I expect my actors to be not. That's okay. a. It's, 
Hmm. And that, that's what that, the, you don't think that would be weird tonally? No, because like think about it. If they did that in the Evil Dead remake, the 2013 whatever, right? The you know they they did the traditional hammy kind of deadite, but then the actors are playing it serious. I mean that'd be interesting because you're possessed by a demon, right? I mean, was that a Twilight Zone reference? Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Oh, I know what's gonna happen. I'm totally wrong, but I know what's gonna happen. Uh, they get little ashes, and one of the ashes turns into the leader of the Army of Darkness. Not quite, but it's a it's a it's a, it starts off with that. So why do the little ashes happen? Why does this happen? I just don't understand. He he saw he, he saw himself in the mirror. This is the this is all like the Deadites trying to challenge him. Oh, this is a Deadite doing this shit. This is this is this is a Deadite doing this shit. So, so are these evil ashes here then, or is this all in his mind? Or that's the thing. Like, I th- that's what makes deadites so appealing to me. I think is that they're not. They don't attack you strictly physical. They, I mean, they can physically, but they like to me- mess with you mentally as well. Like in the first Evil Dead, his girlfriend Linda, like how she sings and then like she occasionally comes in and out of her real self. Yeah, it's all to mess with Ash. So, now this is the reason why I wanted to do the director's cut is this is one part where this this scene particular if you were to watch the theatrical it's cut to shit. This here it's all complete. Everything with the little lashes. Why is it? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. You said this is complete. Yes. Whereas if if we were to watch the theatrical it would be cut up for time reasons. Or is it because this goes on for a while? Because I remember this goes on for a while. I don't know. I mean, this was the, the version I saw, which I'm assuming was a theatrical version. I think that's what you said earlier. I think this was the part of the movie that I thoroughly enjoyed. Like, I didn't really have an issue with it. It was just fun. Yeah. It's a fun little segment. There's a lot of Three Stooges in this. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Which God. the Raimi brothers look up to a lot. So the little Ash Deadites are just fucking with them. Okay. Are they I trying to kill him? I mean, I I would assume that's the ultimate goal, but I mean, I mean, he is the challenger. He has been the only one to stand up to a to the deadite, you know, I guess I say community. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll push him in. And it's how do you like a hero who has been proving, who has been proving himself, how do you wear a hero down mentally? Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. I just I love the torture he always gets put through. I think that's I think this this scene is a good example of the appeal of Bruce Campbell. Cuz I think he does uh, like pratfalls and physical comedy really well. Mm. And you wouldn't expect it really that much coming from a guy like him who looks like him. Like the one, it already passed, but the one gag where he, his face landed on the uh, the oven, the oven, and he had to like scoop his face off. <laughs> they're gonna do governor's travels, aren't they? They're gonna do governor's travels. They're gonna they're, he, he's he's laying on his back all tied up, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I figured. 
Well, how far did you? How far did you get? Do you remember? No, I have seen you said bits you got and pieces. No, I, oh. I've seen bits and pieces. Like, I know the skeleton army at the end. Mm. I know the battle at the end. I have seen. I think after this segment, I was like, yeah, not for me. Even at a young age, hmm. I was more into the serious, dare I say, serious, uh, Freddy, Michael, Jason movies. I wasn't into this. This was this was kid stuff when I first saw it. Really? That was the attitude. Hmm. And I guess that attitude has stuck with me. <laughs> So, a little ash is inside the big ash. Now. And this is all the catalyst that leads into Evil Ash. Evil Ash is the general of the Army of Darkness. Mm-hmm. So, in theory, if Ash... So, wait a minute. This is, this is just like Back to the Future, then. If Ash never went back in time to the medieval times, then there would never have been an Evil Ash... Therefore, the army of darkness never would have been raised. Essentially, but you gotta understand though, this is a this is a three picture arc that we're that Ash is traveling through, and it really hits home in this one where he has to defeat himself, so he has to overcome his own ego in order to become who he's destined to be. Right. Mm. Okay. Oh God, he has an eye on his shoulder. That's a cool effect. I like that effect. That's good. The eye on his shoulder. I, I like that. That's good. Which the evil, if now thinking about it, that's a good point you bring up. Because thinking about it, I think that's been the Evil Dead, like, I don't know, like, thematic structure. Is even in the Evil Dead remake, Mia at the end has to fight herself. It's overcoming her past drug addiction, which is like the demonic presence. So I think, because even, uh, I've only ever seen the first season of Ash vs. the Evil Dead, so I'm not 100% sure how, how everything else pans out. But watching the first one, that's essentially what I got, was where he has to kind of. He has to kind of learn to think outside of himself for the people that's with him. Like he has to, kind of, it's like a family. You know, right. he's the head of this family. He's responsible for their well-being. He can no longer just be this fifth, this middle-aged asshole. Right. So the little ash is growing to the big ash, and he's coming out of his body. Mm-hmm. You gotta admit, Jordan, even, even if you're not a fan, this is this is fairly creative. Like this, it takes. Like, this is kind of, like, it, it, it would take a lot of thought processes to get to this. No. Well, I I see it. It's not my thing. I see it. Uh, yeah, and his face is going to get all fucked up and weird, and he's going to be the general. And It's, to me, uh, you know how much I love cartoons. Sure. This is a live-action cartoon. Yes. And it's, uh, it's. <laughs> this is a dead eye just fucking with mm-hmm. Excuse me. <laughs> Look at that. It's amazing. Oh, Jesus Christ, in the face? Love it. That's his boomstick. That's the only change in the director's cut I don't like. The actual line, it's in the theatrical and all the other ones, it's actually a better line. It's when he's like, good, bad, I'm the guy with the gun. And now this line is... I ain't that good. So that's how his face gets all fucked up now. It's mm-hmm. because he had a shotgun to the face. Gotcha. 
Is the general played by Bruce Campbell or is it played by somebody else? Uh, it is on some moments, but when they're on screen together, it is someone else. Okay. This is a Frankenstein reference. Oh, he's going to run out of gas sometime. Oh, he's going to come up. So the point of him cutting up was to get rid of the deadites, right? It's that, one of the best ways to get rid of a deadite. And you to bury it. remember it, yeah. Yeah, because I remember in the uh, second one, uh, the girlfriend comes out as a skeleton, right? <laughs> yeah, rotting is, corpse more than anything, yeah. Is that the second one? Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, no. Is she, the one you're thinking of, is she headless? Yeah, she has the skeleton. I think that's you. the first one. Is that the first one? Yeah. <laughs> so, bear, so chopping him up and burying him could stop him, but it's not guaranteed. I mean, not the, not the Deadite force as an entirety. But that body that it possessed. Mm -hmm. I love giant moons like that. I love over-exaggerated moons. We don't get enough of that. Deadites have nothing to do with Satan, right? It's just, it's... it's religion I mean, has nothing to do with us. They, they're minions of hell. Oh, they're minions of hell. Yeah. Okay, so I was going to ask if the if the cross, being a big Christian symbol, has anything to do with Because if he's just burying it, why is he marking the grave? Oh, they're, they're minions of hell. Okay. Okay. Good enough, then. Thank you for the answer on that one. So that's his first task. Well, I think it ended up... It probably didn't go as what he planned. Well, he doesn't know that an evil side is being created yet. But as you're going to see, his arrogance is going to really show here. Oh, the, oh, oh my God, okay, that's the book. That's the book of the dead. That's the book that's in the uh, house in the first and second movie. Then. Okay. That's right, because in the first movie, didn't they say that there was a doctor... On a, on a tape that said he professor. found this, a professor, he found this shit. Professor Nobi, yeah. Which, if anyone's ever played, if any, anyone listening, if you're a fan of the um, the Xbox, I think it went to Xbox, I'm not sure, but I had a PS2 game called uh, Fistful of Boomstick. Yep. And uh, Professor Nobi is a main, a huge, huge part of that game. I always heard a fun rumor, I don't know if it was true, that Bruce Campbell is the professor in the Evil Dead remake? On professor. The, uh, the tape, the professor, whatever his name is. I haven't seen it since the theater, honestly. Okay. I know he shows up a little bit at the end as a, as a brief cameo when he picks Mia up. Oh, that's not in the theatrical cut at all, then? No. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Oh, that's Dick and Wiseman. Yeah, I remember that line. That line was funny. I remember that. There's three books. He's supposed to choose the right book. Mm-hmm. He's going to choose the wrong one first. This is another amazing effect. 
I think that's another reason why I don't. This one's so appealing to me is the effects-heavy nature of it. I mean, they went balls to the wall on this. Oh, he got sucked in. He got out. Okay. That was that all stop motion? Mm-hmm. I like that makeup though. That's good. This is this is Jim Carrey's the mask. Came out before though. Yeah. Technically. Yep. Carries the mask as Evil Dead or Army of Darkness. Yeah. Here's a walking cartoon cartoon. <laughs> Wrong book. It's not gonna be that one. It's gonna be the let's get no, not that one. Don't pick that one. It's that one. Comedy always comes in threes. It's always a build to an apex, and the third's always the conclusion. Nope, I was wrong. <laughs> the book is like, like an evil bird eating them. So those are not the books. These are just fake books that are possessed. Right. They're again. It's part of the challenge. Okay. Oh, go ahead. Remember at the end of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, where they have to get past the three-headed dog, they have to slink, uh, get through the whatever that plant was to capture the the key that's flying around the room, drink the right potion, and then get the chess a, game. figure out what the mirror does. No. Same concept. I don't know what the fuck you just said. It's in the movie. I didn't pay attention. It's only the ending. <laughs> It's only, only thing like I the know, last 30 minutes. The only thing I know of Sorcerer's Stone is they're on giant chess pieces at the end. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Really. I have to play a, a game of Wizard's Chess. That's all I know. They're on, gi they're on giant chess pieces. Mm -hmm. That's all I know. Wizard's Chess. It's a very violent game. <laughs> oh, he, oh, he re oh, he didn't remember. See, this is, where I, this is where the arrogance shows. Next high. Nectar. Nickel. <laughs> He's trying to remember the word to say. <laughs> That's funny. I like the cough. Now, would this joke fly in today's world? Because they're playing it off. Obviously, what is, quote, the N-word in this country. <laughs> that is the joke. He thinks that that's what they would... Even though he's not encountered one black man, I don't think, no. in this movie so far. It's a very white film franchise, now that I think about it. So, okay, so he was supposed <laughs> to say the right spell. Right. What was supposed to happen if he said it right? You wouldn't have raised the army of the dead. But because, it's like, uh, okay, okay uh, Aladdin. Yeah. How you're not supposed to touch the forbidden treasure. Yeah. Same thing. Like, same concept. You have to follow the rules given to you. So, he needed to find the book. He needed to say the spell. The free If word. he said the spell, 
He would have brought the book back, no problem. Merlin would have gone, ha, you're good, let's go back to your modern day. And then they would have had the book to protect themselves against any other uh, opposing force. But now since he read the, now since he did the spell wrong, the army of the The dead. dead. The army of darkness. Well, he's just skeletons. Yes, but they're technically the army of darkness. That's the where the, the name of the movie comes yeah, from. Yeah, I, I get it. So now he erased him because he said the wrong name. This is my favorite part of the movie. It's this like is in your Harry favorite Potter part. and the Half-Blood Prince. I don't know your reference! Where he pulls the locket from the bottom of the pool of water, and then all the the dead skeletons, I can't remember what they're called, they come out of the water and come get him. <laughs> Same concept. I don't know what you're talking about. It's only the end. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is probably one of my favorite moments in the whole movie. Is this the, the skeleton arms fucking yeah. him in the face? All right. Oh Jesus! Oh. I, I love this so series. much because you know for a fact that's people under the stage yeah. wiggling those arms around. It's yeah. amazing. No, I know exactly, yeah. Because those guys are just literally doing up and down <laughs> motion with the hands. And it's it's what a little bit of set dressing and a little creativity just creates this world. It's amazing. So you can still take the book back, even though you raised the army. So they will find a way to defeat the army with a book, I'm assuming. Well, the army comes to get the book. Mm-hmm. That's why they invade the castle. Because he has a. Because if he would have said the spell right, there the movie would be over about an hour through. But he didn't, so that sets up the final act. He takes the book. Since he took the book, there's a spell that stops that's supposed to stop him from taking the book. Hence, the skeletons reaching out of the ground. But now, since he has the book, they want the book back. The army goes and gets the book. That's how you have the final confrontation. Is that Bruce Campbell? Mm-hmm. Oh. I guess, like, whenever it's up close on him as Evil Ash, it's still him. But when they're together... Yeah, I mean, of course, it would have to be someone else. This movie doesn't have much story. It's guy comes back, guy goes to medieval times, defeats a... A, a pit bitch has to go retrieve a book fucks up battle with the dead at the end yeah. that, that, that that's it there's nothing else I think there's a it's a very simple story on IMDB there's a trivia thing that says like the original script was like 47 pages long or something like that wasn't hmm. long at all cause this is not this is not a very long uh story well it's also a tale that we've we've read and seen time and time again you don't need to linger on it sure I mean, I've never, I've never finished the book, but I would say this is a pretty faithful adaptation of a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court. Mark Twain. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree with that. This is a pretty, pretty similar storyline. Now, granted, he doesn't fight the dead, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I never thought of that till. Yeah, that's a good. I like that. 
which it ends up shit. being uh, a lot of like uh, Martin Lawrence's Black Knight. Yep, is essentially that. There's uh, there's a movie that has the kid from uh, Rookie of the Year. If he goes back in time, it's got Kate Winslet in it as well. Mm. I can't remember what it's called. I think it's just called a kid in King Arthur's court. I think you're right. Yeah. I love the. Uh, the. Uh, the haircut. Yeah, but the uh, the uh, the bangs. <laughs> And see, this is this leads up to a character arc. I mean, he has a choice to go back to his own life, but he's leaving all these people in peril. Why would but he's starting to he's starting to understand his mistake. Well, if he never would have came back, this army the this army of the dead never would have probably rose. I don't know why he refuses to say the title of the movie. It's, army of it's Darkness. called the Army of the Dead, isn't it? That, that's what they call it in the movie. That's where that's where army the name of the movie comes from. It's Army of Darkness. Alright, Army of Darkness. I literally thought they called it the Army of the Dead. Alright. I banged you once. I've known you for only ten hours, but I love you, baby. I think it is pretty funny, though, how, like, he had to... Sam Raimi kind of had to take his sensibilities and and conform them to the, uh, the, like, the archetype... The archetype of a Hollywood hero, mm-hmm. like there has to be a romance. He has to have uh, he has to have an em- emotional conflict where he decides whether or not it's better for himself. He has to save the day. The fuck? That was not me. <laughs> it's connected to the thing, the speaker. Your Bluetooth must be. It's not me. I've never connected. Anyways, um, yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty funny because like I mean you kind of have that in Dark Man. Like, yeah, kind of happens. But like to see Ash, one of his like his only character that could be completely Sam Raimi, uh, to have to go from being what they nicknamed him as Ashhole in the Evil Dead films to this, I think it's very interesting. So this must be the uh, Army of Darkness's scout to see what's going on. You could look at it that way. This is the scout who's going to take the hot chick, and she's gonna. Oh fuck, that's pretty cool. And she will be turned, I believe. Yeah. But you can't have, the, like, again, you can't have the, this movie, this, like, basically a 1950s sword and sandals film without a damsel in distress. <laughs> Which, probably my second favorite movie of Sam Raimi's, Quick and the Dead. Um, I love how he goes against those tropes then. Yeah. Where it's a female heroine, uh, there is no love interest. She's going completely after solely for revenge. Well, I mean, she does have that, like, semi-romantic relationship with Russell Crowe. Like, they do have sex. It's not like a, I love you, I'm gonna save the day for you thing. Which, though. who doesn't have oh, sexual... do they have sex? Yeah. I thought it was just her and Leo. No, no, no. They have, like, they don't show them having sex, but, like... Well, no, I think they do, because I think he, like, she forces him to press her up against the wall. And he, like, it, it's like, it's real quick. It's huh. like Hollywood quick, you know? <laughs> yeah. I like how... Okay, that's interesting. So now they're oh going to raise all these other guys. Look at them cough out. That's amazing. Now, why is he coughing if he has no lungs, Jordan? I did... You know what? I'm just going to go with Brandon and say this movie just doesn't ask me to think that way. 
They're going to turn her. Evil Ash is going to turn her. She has some nice boobs, though. <laughs> oh, she has some cuts on her. Oh. Oh, yeah, monster sex. Oh, boobs. Side boob. I didn't see anything. There's a little side boob when you put down a shirt. <laughs> How do you kiss with no lips? <laughs> kissing his teeth. If I'm remembering right, there are some slave women they'll show that's topless. There you go. Yeah. What's the point of the slave women? To have slave women. <laughs> you know what? I cannot disagree with that statement. <laughs> we need to have slave women in this world. <laughs> Beer wench! I don't have one. I'm married. <laughs> it would be great watching this movie and we have a girl just walk around with her boobs out in here some of beers. Well, I mean, I'm kind of distracting and or tedious after so long like no granted tits are awesome love them yeah they're great they're beautiful but like i feel like if her sole if, if her sole purpose is that we're paying her to grab us beer and she's not wearing a top like it might get tiresome after a short bit of time it, it will never but that's okay i mean honestly we wouldn't be able to do this podcast because we would like we would you know somebody would be talking you'd be like oh i'm sorry what i was distracted that's what you would say. <laughs> like, oh yeah, no, that movie was wonderful. I like that scene. That thing that totally happened was pretty interesting. Good fact. Fun fact. No, I'll be honest with you. That's not a good wig. That's a terrible wig. It's not a good wig. The bangs. Trying to figure out what he was going for there, because like I, f I thought at first that maybe he might have been like, like some sort of like uh, what are they glam rock, from the eighties sort of thing. But I don't know. It doesn't look good. No. I like that guy's wig. I guess I'm an Asian, <laughs> but he's pretty, but but he's, he's portraying got, Asian. He's got the Fu Manchu. Yeah, he's portraying Asian. There's his brother, Ted Raimi. Oh, that's Sam Raimi's brother, huh? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll bend my bow for your will, sir. To your will. To your will. God bless it. Hail to the king. Is Arthur the king? No, he's like the lead knight. Where's the king? I don't know. There's not been a king in this. He come? Doesn't he come back at the end here? Uh, that's the opposing nation. That's the opposing nation? Because yeah. like, they become friends, right? Right. That's right. Well, my dear. Oh, no. She got possessed, huh? <laughs> Hot take here. I think she's more attractive now. <laughs> she's got that sort of Sigourney Weaver, I'm going to take that dick. When I want to, sort of look to her. So that so that heroine is now dead. 
and the deadite is totally in her. Uh, no. Like like we were saying earlier, the only reason why you could be dead is if you get dismembered. Like, uh-huh. if you get dismembered as a deadite, you're not coming back as a human. You're dismembered. Gotcha. If they're gonna if they're gonna use your body as a conduit, there is a chance for you to come back if the spell is broken. Now, do you think that the makeup job on her for that character is foreshadowing that she's gonna be rescued? Because it's not like full on yeah, grotesque. It's just cake paint. Yeah. Right. Now, is she conscious yeah. as a human to know what's going on? Uh probably. Okay. Oh, cool, cool, classic. They had to, they had to say Coca-Cola Classic, because Coke Two came out and it ruined everything. Just, just so you know. Montage of making things with Chemistry 101 with an Asian man. He's not Asian. That's the character he's portraying, sir. That's racist. I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. So they're making thing. Okay, what, what the hell are they making? Chemistry 101. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there an army coming towards them? Yeah, but they're preparing. Okay. Okay, he's going to say I make gunpowder. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're not coming back. Okay, it's daytime. Okay. Oh, he's teaching them how to fight. He's teaching the soldiers how to fight. That leads up to a joke. <laughs> Does it? Okay. Yeah. And now it's nighttime, and the army's coming. How do you feel this compares to classic uh, siege war, like uh, depictions? I guess that way to put it. Um. Well, depending, like working with the budget they had, I think it's, I think it's not bad. Um. <laughs> I will give it a, a plus here for the puppetry. It is. It is. Yeah. Pretty, it's 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 bad. But it's used in such a fashion where it's past his comedy, and it's 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 nice. It's keeping up with its tone. Yeah. Like I tell people all the time, this is I'd put this in the category as comedy, way before I put it in horror. It's like the, uh, one of the movies I hope that we do the commentary on, because like we're this, because like the whole topic of this is favorites. Because like we did this, because this you're one of your favorites, and I suggested American Psycho because it's one of my favorite films of all time. And I, I think that's a comedy more than it is anything else. Right. 
because it's a satire. It's me. I mean, it is a satire. But like a lot of people don't think it's funny, and I don't understand why. <laughs> Did you guys see on YouTube the uh, American Psycho Pokemon thing? No. Oh, it's hilarious. Uh, somebody did amazing editing, but in the American Psycho business card scene, uh, they are commenting on Pokemon cards, huh. and he flips the fuck out when he has like a Charizard, and he's like, <sighs> "It's the actual movie." Does it have the foil back on it? It it it's the movie, but they digitally put a Pokemon card instead of a business card, and the reaction is. This is the same. Everything's the same. I'm to look this up. It's, oh, it's American Psycho Pokemon. It's beautiful. Usually when you bring up American Psycho, that's usually the only scene people know is the, see, I, the business card scene. I always, uh, the scene, the, the little, the moment I always say that confuses people is when I want to get out of a conversation, I say I have to return some videotapes. That's the scene that Brandon and I have used for decades. <laughs> I have to return some videotapes? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anytime Gina's like, we need to talk, I need to return some videotapes. Because he knows exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, he has his lover with him. She will be saved, you're right. She just has small little makeup on. Yeah. It's just, like, her hair has a lot of hairspray in it. She's got the the face cake, whatever it's called, on her face. And then some lipstick. And that's what's... And, like, compared to Evil Ash's prosthetics there, it's kind of obvious, I think. Holding up his jaw with rope. Yeah. <laughs> And that is, and that is Bruce Campbell. Yeah, you mean uh, the actor? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is Bruce Campbell. Interesting. To go back on your uh, one of your early, your early, just your earlier question about how I felt about this scene here, I think it's another thing that I find impressive is when you have something. How many horses they brought in for this? Holy crap! I couldn't imagine being in control of that. Not only like just in horses in general to make sure not a single one gets hurt. Because as you're going about to see, like it's there's explosions, there's effects works heavy. Like the next twenty minutes is just it's nonstop. To have to be in control of that, I mean that's part of being a director, I assume. Yeah. I mean this is also, I mean again, this is a union picture. I, mean, I don't know if this is his first. Oh well, this came after Darkman, you said. Yeah. So Dark, Dark, yeah, because Darkman's ninety. Yeah, that that'll be his first. Union picture, but like, I mean, there's a lot of things on set he's probably not used to dealing with on this, too. Because they have the, um, I think it's the American Humane Society, is they're the ones that are on set to supervise um, all the animal actors. Um, and they're like super strict. Because one of the stories from Shawshank Redemption, when, um, when. What's the old white guy's name? Brooks. When Brooks feeds his crow worm, mm -hmm. there was a person on set who represented the uh, American Humane Society who had to make sure that that worm, that little wax worm that was fed to the crow, died of natural causes. Wow. Yeah. They were very strict. That was the face I made when I heard that story, too. <laughs> Sounds like a little overkill. It's a wax worm. But I guess all I guess all animal lives matter. Pussies. How are you gonna kill the uh, what's already dead? And now another thing I didn't I didn't really like about this, and I understand it's kind of his development, but 
he becomes essentially the general, and I get it's because people want to follow the wizard and stuff, because like he's the he's the chosen one. They're, he's going to lead them to salvation and all that stuff. But for Ash to like take on like the role of telling them when to shoot, I just again, I, yes, there are d- puppet skeletons pushing boards. <laughs> near him like close to him <laughs> but i still don't buy into that like that sudden change you know i can understand him wanting thinking he could lead but to be successful at it you know just is he successful at it is he su- because He's, because like, if i remember the skeletons almost... they come back Right, yeah, like, he thinks that they're gonna, like, this is killing him, but uh, they come back, because he's not killing them, he's burning, like, fire has, I guess, no impact on them, but, like, and again, that does, I guess that does play into his hubris, but, like, to him, he was, like, that was a successful barrage. Mm-hmm. If they were hu- real humans, they would be dead. Yes. Oh, there's the second part. Okay. Why? Clearly, these are humans in skeleton costumes. Yeah. Do you think it it might pertain to his cockiness of wanting to be in control? Well, that's what I'm saying. I said. I guess that's why I said it does play into his hubris. Yeah. Uh, but I but like to be successful to know exactly when the right moment is to launch the arrows and like you know give them like the 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 razor thin margin of success or failure. I don't feel like that is an automatic thing you're going to learn just by just because you're the hero. Mm. Yeah. Could he just be a TV junkie and just learn from that as well, though? I guess. I almost feel like... Because I look at Ash as a product of what he's been subjected to. He's never really, uh, he's never been the person to seek out knowledge. It's always been kind of just been in his, like, his path, whether it be through movies or TV or, because like you said earlier, you don't think, you didn't see him as, uh, like, in his college years, he wasn't, like, the, the bookworm. Yeah, he was, like, the jack I'm getting them guts sort of guy. Right. Because I think, I think in the first one, they have the, the other guy that's with them, mm-hmm. uh, I think he he can, he gets his stomach cut open, right? Yeah. Yeah, because like I, I like he always if I remember if I'm remembering correctly, like he was like the sensitive one, and he was kind of the one I felt like you were supposed to rally behind. And then like I think, because I, I think that they used Ash as like sort of that misdirection mm. where he becomes the hero, even though you don't right you, you don't want to root for him. Yeah, that makes sense because even in the first as uh in the in the first movie when they approach the cabin. The other guy, the blonde hair guy, is the only one that walks up to the cabin first, almost like filmed in a way like he's the leader. Yeah. See, this is very Jason and the Argonauts. Yes, it clearly is. when I watched the first time why this is rated R. Like, there's very minimal cursing. I guess there's a geyser of blood, but that... I mean, I don't think that was enough yeah, back in skeletons. the day yeah. to be an R. I can understand it now being an R, because they're, you know... See, I'd, I'd see it now as a PG-13. I guess it's true. Compared yeah. to everything else that's been 
what what a PG thirteen can get away with now. Well, I would just well the only thing that I think would push it. I mean, excluding the nudity, right? But that's very brief, and that you could easily cut that up because it wasn't really necessary. Um, like <laughs> I feel like the geyser of blood nowadays wouldn't fly like it would have back in the day. Yeah. Because I mean, there's there are PG films from the late '80s that show man ass. Jaws. <laughs> yeah. Or even Raiders, the face melt. Yeah. Jaws literally eats a kid. Yep, that's right, PG. That was also before PG-13 existed. Well, what's interesting is that Army of Darkness, there is that geyser of red blood, whereas in Evil Dead 2, the blood shooting out of the wall was turned black to appease the MPAA. And it was milk in the first one? Yeah, milk and grits. For the same reason? Yeah. But I'm wondering if it's because it's universal backing now versus what he didn't have in 1 and 2. I mean, the MPAA is very is more critical of independence than they are the studio films. Right. So you don't like Jordan? You don't like any of the Evil Dead films? No, I don't. Besides the remake. Besides the remake. I almost fell asleep. Okay. I gotta wake up. <laughs> I oh, just her. now you almost fell asleep? Yeah. Oh wow. Do you have any questions? Do you have any anything? No, I'm just trying to wake up. I, this, this, this is just not my kind of movie. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very uh, bored. Um, but there's so much going on. I'm, but then, and see, and that's the interesting thing. I'm bored. See, I'm picking up on stuff I didn't, I don't remember from the first movie. Like, sure. Those little like homages and stuff. Because like this feels like this sort of feels like a twisted chitty chitty bang bang sort of. <laughs> sort of bit here. <laughs> I mean, like, um... Yeah. Because, like, those are basically the glasses that Dick Van Dyke wears. Yeah. It's a flying car. That thing's got, like, a little turret on the top of it. Like, chops them up. And so you, you, Ryan, have mentioned things already now that I... Like, the little references you've mentioned already, I didn't think about till now. So what what do you what do you not like about the original? Because I'm not a fan of the first uh, Evil Dead. I'm I'm like this is I'm having more fun with this one than I did before. But I think it's just because it's a kind of a communal thing instead of me just watching it on my own. Um, but I do like Evil Dead too. Uh, I do think that's a genuinely good movie. So like what 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 don't you like about the series? I guess in general outside of Bruce Campbell. I don't see how people respect it. Um, I don't see the first movie as anything groundbreaking. I don't see the first movie as anything that was great for horror. Uh, I don't see why people love it. It's it's a very stupid movie. Uh, and the effects are very terrible. Uh, they make the second one, which in my opinion is just a sequel of the first movie. I'm sorry, just a remake of the first movie with a bigger budget. Uh, and that's when the ham starts to come in. I'm not a hammy guy. Okay. Uh, now, not every movie do I want to be Citizen Kane. Is it just, wait, like ham in general or ham and horror? Ham and horror. Okay. I just, it's just, it's just... See, I think, man, I don't, I think that's where, if if you're going to have hamminess, if you're going to have cheesiness, if you're going to have comedy, I think that's where it needs to be, that's the genre where it needs to be infected the most, is in horror. Well, I mean, that's where I disagree, because there's a lot of great horror films that come out in the past ten years that are really awesome. Uh, they don't have any ham at all. Uh, it's just movies like this. It's just not my stick. I mean, like it's. 
I mean, that's. I mean, I'm not. I'm not dogging you on it. Yeah, it's uh, the effects. That's great. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure this whole battle was fun inside the soundstage doing it. I'm sure everybody had a great time making it. I'm not complaining about that. I, th- I the reason why I say horror is the one was the one genre that needs comedy. Not not saying every time, but the reason why I love it the most in horror is because death and fear and pain is such serious subjects to begin with that I think it needs to be handled in a lightened mood in order to counteract it. I mean, we, we deal with it on a daily basis all the time. So when you add a level of comedy to it, or some sort of humor, it makes enjoying the, the journey through horror that much more, you know. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, you, you can take it in much more. Sure. Um, I don't find the battle exciting. Um, I don't care about a single character in this at all. Well, I think that's that's one of the, the problems with this film is that it's it's a lot of uh, kind of sort of just filling in the backstory of the first two films. There's not really any deep characterization. Even with Ash, there's not any real deep characterization other than going on the, the basic hero's journey. Sure. Like his love interest is not developed. His His rival is not developed. It's ba- the movie is basically about deepening the mythology of the Evil Dead. Yeah. Yeah, it is uh, the whole, especially when you get to this movie, it's it's so ass-centric that, I mean, yeah, I kind of agree on that part. But, I mean, you can, well, the thing I appreciate about it is you can tell that this is something that Sam Raimi has been wanting to do. Oh, yeah. It's been like it's been pinned up in his head for so long, and now he's had the ability to do it. Which I think I feel the same with the Dark Man. He's always, which is a precursor to Spider-Man, because he's yeah. always wanted to do a superhero, but no one wanted his, no one wanted him to take on any of the current superhero projects that were going on. So he's like, "Fuck it, I'll just make my own superhero." Yeah. But, well, he was in the he was in the running for Batman '89. Yeah. Didn't get that. And then he really wanted to do The Shadow. Yeah. And they passed him over for that. So he's like, fuck it, I'll do Darkman. Shadow with Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. Yep, yeah. But you gotta imagine, I think, what, this is... This is... There's only two films in between this and Spider-Man, right? Because he's got Quick and uh, the Dead and Perfect uh, Simple Plan or Perfect Plan. Uh, oh, he's got 61, too. And uh, um, For the Love of the Game, his That's baseball I mean, movie. For the Love of the Game, not 61. For the Love of the Game. So he's got four. Okay. And he's produced, like, uh, he, he was, I know when Jean-Claude Van Damme's Hard Target, he was a huge producer behind that one. And if you w- ever watched that movie, there was lots of close-ups, Is that a John Wayne movie? Oh. Possibly? I think so, because there's a lot of slow-mo. And <laughs> John Woo likes some slow-mo. He does, he's a fan. Wow. Sorry. It's, I'm, I'm falling asleep. Well, talk. Talk, Jordan. Try to come up with some fun. Even if, it, even if it's not necessarily Evil Dead related. Give some fun information for the listeners of the podcast that they can take with them or something that might entertain them. Jesus Christ. <laughs> 
I'm trying to get my eyes. So this is bad, guys. I have no interest in seeing this ever again for the rest of my life. Really? Uh, yeah, I, I don't have any care in the world. And that's not to bash Brandon or anything that you like. It's it's uh, the, the way it's shot, the sets, uh, the terrible acting in every single part of it. Not a single character I care about. The action's happening, and I don't care. Uh, the terrible costuming. You got skeletons, but then you also got people in leotards. You don't know what's a skeleton and what's a person in a leotard. It's, it's, it's weird, it's crazy, and I have absolutely no interest. I am bored out of my mind. Like, it, it's, it's, just, it's just bad. It's just bad. That's why this movie didn't do good in the theaters. That's why this movie is... That's why Ash Evil Dead is bad after three years. It's, it's just... It's stuff got canceled. Got canceled. It's just not good. It's just not good. And people who can't let go of the fact that Evil Dead had mild success on video and that's why they want all these sequels is just ridiculous. There's a reason for, to, for them to make Evil Dead the remake. There's no reason. Absolutely not. Tell us how you really feel. That's, that's how I really feel. vile words. That's how they really feel. I mean, so you have a few hundred thousand people. They're like, oh my god, Evil Dead's the greatest movie of all time. I, it's not. And then, and, and, and then, of uh, course, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I've never heard anyone say that. Well, I mean, you got people like, you know, um, people that like Evil Dead, but I mean, okay, fine. Um, okay. I, mean, I don't, I, uh, American Psycho. American Psycho tanked in the box office. Absolutely tanked. It didn't. It did not. It, it did. It bombed. It, it did not bomb. It had a lot going against it, and I think it did well for the subject matter. But it bombed. Well, it wasn't, it didn't have high. Okay, so you can't bomb. I don't feel you can. A movie can be a failure or a bomb unless there's expectations attached to it. I don't feel like there's ex expectations attached to a film called American Psycho because uh, it's super controversial. Yeah, but. With, with a no name guy in the lead, Christian Bell didn't really have a name. He was not a commodity at the time. Directed by a woman uh, who, again, was not a commodity. Like what Oliver Stone, Leonardo DiCaprio would have been. So I don't think it bombed. But it did not do well. If a movie cost $20 million to make and they didn't make their money back, in my opinion, it bombed. I don't think it cost $20 million, but that's I don't know how much it costs. I'm just saying as an example. Okay. I pulled the number out of my ass. All right. If, it, if well, it cost X and they don't make X, they don't make their money back, therefore, bomb failure. That's still semantics. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You know, financial failure. Yeah, financial failure. American Psycho has... Has gained a great success on video. It's a cult film. I will agree with that. I don't see how people think the Evil Dead series is a cult. It, it, these are just bad movies. I mean, like you got you got American Psycho, which I can see why that doesn't have a general appeal because of the context and the subtext that it had with it. I get it. I mean, like the first line in the movie is "You're a worthless fucking bitch, and I'm gonna murder you." When she charges him twenty dollars for a drink, I get it. This is terrible. There, what's the appeal on shitty acting across the board? Shitty effects, shitty directing, shitty writing. I think that the now again, I'm not a fan of these films. Um, I do like the second one. I don't much care for the remake or the first in this one. Um, but I do think the appeal of it, um, from a viewer standpoint, is the the love 
Like, you, you feel like all these people had just the greatest time, and this is them, like, going for broke, you know? Like, we may not ever do this again. Let's put everything we can into this. Sure. So that's, I think that's what people relate to. It's like John Waters films. I'm not a fan of John Waters films. Yeah, Big Flamingo and (laughs) shit. Yeah. But when you look at him, like, like, he treats these weird characters with a love and reverence that is affect, like, that's affecting. Yeah. You know? I I feel like that's why people dig the Evil Dead series. I don't, I don't know if you touched base on this already, uh, but I, to go back on your earlier, on your earlier statement, Jordan, where you didn't understand why people could get behind Evil Dead. Evil Dead 1, actually, for a lot of independent filmmakers, is highly, highly regarded. Only for the fact of what they were able to accomplish with so little. Like, it's, it's considered one of the high points for independent filmmaking. Sure, but then I got a movie that's even better than that, that did way more for independent film, and that would be Halloween. I mean, like, which came out years before. And, like, and like I mean, like, and, and, and look at this movie. You have the theme of the army is an army of skeletons. But then when they don't have enough but when they don't have enough matte painting, they have guys in leotards. And it's like Halloween is a way more respected in my opinion, better overall film than Evil Dead. Oh, uh, and I'll be honest with you, I do think I think Halloween is better than any of the Evil Dead movies. But I don't think that it's really an apples to apples comparison for Halloween and Evil Dead. Because uh, John Carpenter at that point was already established. He had made some TV stuff. He had made, I think, two movies prior to Halloween. Yeah, I think yeah. it was Assault and Precinct 13 and something else. Yeah, Black Star, I think. I think. Or Dark Star. Dark, Dark Star. Star was a Dark Star. Okay. And like, and, and he had um, Jamie Lee Curtis, who was an established TV actress. She was on Petticoat Junction. Oh, was she established? Yeah, PJ Souls had been in movies. Like, she was a known commodity. Oh, yeah, yeah. Carrie. Uh, was Rock and Roll High School before Halloween or after? Uh, after. I think it was 79. Mm. But, um, like... Yeah, Carrie. Yeah, Carrie came before Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that was like a, that was almost the, I think that was three quarters of a mil. Studio uh, independent, but still financed very easily. Whereas he had to he had to fucking take an eight millimeter test film around to people. He had to carry a projector with him to be like, hey, I'm gonna show you something. Please invest in my film. And he would show them, uh, don't go in the woods. Things yeah. Called. Yep. Yeah. Which is Evil Dead, just a short version. It's like a test version of it. They and shot another eight millimeter. And another story like that, a part of it too, how they raised money was they would set up just plastic jars at gas stations with notes on it saying like, "Hey, we're making a horror movie, and a little single, any single little donation will help." And I think he ended up out of all the like plastic jars from across the gas stations, he ended up almost a thousand bucks more. That's big for the seventies then, thousand okay. bucks. I mean, he he was able to raise. I think it was like. 300000 or something like that? Yeah. A fucking lot of money. It's not that I don't respect him for what he did. But I'm saying, but that's why people have yeah. such a reverence for it. But I, but, but my confusion still is that you look at Halloween, you look at Friday the 13th even, even you look at Nightmare on Elm Street, the big three, and the movies are just far in between. I mean, there's no comparison. All three of those are better than this whole franchise. But, I mean... But those are... I don't... Um... The last two you named, Friday the 13th yeah, Nightmare. and Nightmare, those aren't independent films. Uh, first one is terribly shot. Um, but it's still a universal picture. So is this. What I'm saying is that, is that, is that it, it, at least those big three, the reason why I respect the big, uh, the big three compared to this one, I mean, hell, I respect the big... Evil Dead, to me, is in the same category as Hellraiser. Where it's like, okay, I kind of see the appeal of people like this, but generally... 
nine times out of ten, the movies are shit. You to know? Be, to be fair, Hellraiser fans don't like the Hellraiser movies past three. But I like the Hellraiser movies past one. They're pretty bad. <laughs> But again, it's all subjective. You can't you can't criticize someone for what they like or don't. You can't. But but I can criticize the movie and how I feel. That's what I feel. I feel this movie is is garbage, and I, I have no interest in seeing this movie ever again. I just I just I, I don't see the appeal. I see the appeal of why you like it, because this is what you like, and I know what you like. But for me, it's like, oh my god, like I'm I'm ready to go to bed. Like it just it does nothing for me. I know, you fell asleep there for I did. a couple seconds. I did. It does nothing for me. I'm bored. I, this is the way it is. And now, I, we're getting to the part now. Here is the alternative ending. This is the alternative ending. Yep, starting from now. So what happens in the original ending? He uh, goes back, you go back to S-Mart, and he's finishing telling the story to a hot lady trying to swoon her. And as he goes to lean in to kiss her, well, he goes, like, give me some sugar, baby. He kisses her. And there is a deadite sprouting off in the background, and he fights the last deadite, and then okay. that's the end of the movie. All right. So he's supposed to drink potion. In the uh, to go back to his time. Yeah, but what's happening is this is potion that'll put him to sleep, and he's gonna sleep to his time. However, something fucks up, as you will see. How many drops are you supposed to have? Oh, six drops. Okay. Six drops, knocks him out. Then he'll, he'll sleep to his... Supposedly, he's supposed to sleep back to his time. Without aging? Without aging. Okay. What if he needed to poop? It's like he's in cryo-freeze. Like oh. an alien. You know, oh, that movie. Oh, okay, okay. The Oscar-nominated film. Oh, okay, thank you. Thank yes. you. I'm pretty sure this was Saturn-nominated, sir. <laughs> I doubt it was. Oh, spider webs and a beard. There we go. So no, no human bowel movements from what he had earlier, but he can grow facial hair. It's okay. That's fine. So he travels in space and time when he goes back in the portal. It's not just a time rift, because I don't because they would not have existed in America at that time, 1300s. It's just Native Americans and trees. That's right. He's going back to America. Hmm. So if he if he's just in one spot for thirteen hundred years, yeah, he's still in Europe somewhere. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. He's still yep. in that castle area. Yeah. Actually, what you're about to see, I totally forgot, but now I remembered. Yeah, you're about to see. Uh, you're about to see a future London. Okay. This is a deleted. This is not the actual ending. No. Holy shit, you got like everything around. <laughs> he looks good with a beard. You blew it up. <laughs> you did it. So, Jordan, uh, this was nominated for a Saturn Award in 1994 for Best Makeup. So, yeah. What's with that shitty ending? I think it's okay. What's... 
What's, I, I what's, prefer what's I prefer the other one. I do. I I love the fact that this hero. I love I I love the original ending more because it's a perfect example of he is a hero, only to that specific time. No one in our time knows what he's done, so he still has to work at a fucking retail store. <laughs> I love that more, but uh, I'm not. I don't mind this either. I liked uh, if the fact that if they were gonna go further with that idea, it would have been cool to see how Ash handles a desolate future. So the future, Deadites control the future. We don't know. Oh my god. Alright. Of course Danny Elfman did the music for this. Oh. So Jordan, what are your final thoughts? None. I, I, I'm sorry. I, and I'm surprised Bill Pope did this. I guess I shouldn't have been surprised. He's worked with Sam Raimi a lot. Yeah. Um, his, uh... Yeah, Bill Pope. He did. Yeah, he did drive, uh, Baby Driver. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm not. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to be a dick or be disrespectful at all. I, I really not. That's not my intention. It's just. It seemed like in the beginning, though, you had some positive thoughts. I I did. It's it's just as the movie progressed and the movie progressed, I just. It's, it's, you know what, without going on, like I've said a billion times, this is not my franchise, this is not my series, and if it doesn't hold my attention, I, 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 I just don't care. I mean, it's just, it's not my thing. It's just not my thing. Your, mi- your mind was already set going in. No, I mean, like, I was very positive in the beginning of it, as, as, as you pointed out, but after the evil ashes, the little ashes start coming around, I, I just, I just start getting bored and bored. That's we. That's when. That's when, the energy is at its height. It's weird to me, like why you would be bored. Like, there is something it. always going on. Is I, it just hard to to connect the like the images, or like the the zany comedy with what you're expecting is kind of like horror aesthetic. You know what? The beauty part about what we do and the beauty part about film is that everything, of course, is opinionated. It's 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 just not what I generally watch. And because it's not what I generally watch, I don't have an interest. Like, I would rather watch Seven right now. Seven sounds great. Uh, watch an Alien movie, of course, a thousand times over. Fight Club. Uh, this bores me. I I find myself having more fun with Seven, Alien, Fight Club, uh, those kind of movies. Uh, this is just um, pulpy bullshit. And I just don't have an interest in it. I agree with that statement. It is, it is pulpy. It is. Yeah, it's just pulpy bullshit. I, I just, I just don't care. So I'm not trying to be a dick about it. That's not my intention. Like I said, it's just your. Hey, it's your opinion. Everyone's, yeah. Everyone, your your opinion is just as valid as mine, just as valid as Brandon's. I get why people like it, and I do respect the makeup in it, and I do respect the ambition for it. As you know, as the director Sam Raimi was trying to do with it and everything, I really do. I think his choices. Are, are really really bad. Um, I wouldn't say bad. I'd say those are choices pertaining to him. That's his aesthetic style. That's what works for him. Because if you watch even in Spider Man, his Spider Man movies, there's so many things that he does that he's done in his earlier films. Sure, but look what he did to the Spider Man franchise. If you watch the first Evil Dead movie, though, it wasn't camp. It was bad acting because it was people that he knew, and hell, it was an independent film and. It wasn't Halloween, but you know it, it. You know it. It had some heart to it, you know. And then all of a sudden, you know, he makes a little money. You know, Bruce Campbell does something, something, whatever. And, and then all of a sudden, he he just makes this pulpy bullshit. 
And it's nothing compared. I mean, think about it. Well, I would, I'd, I'd consider the first Evil Dead even pulp. Nah, maybe, but I, I, I don't think as pulpy as two or three. I mean, like, think about it. If Halloween one was Halloween one, and then the sequel was Army of Darkness, it's like, well, this jumped the shark very quickly. Like, this doesn't make any sense. It was Halloween, and then the sequel was Army of Darkness. Like, you know, that kind of camp, that kind of. That doesn't make sense. How can you go from a very serious independent horror movie? Well, there's the, to this. There's the bridge of Evil Dead Two. Evil Dead Two is a mix. Like, so the first one's a straight up horror film. It's a, a young man who who's trying to make something that he knows people will see, that he could sell to a theater or a drive-in, which is this very simple horror film wrapped around one conceit: the Book of the Dead. Which is still at the time with drive-ins and cheap theaters where exploitation exploitation films reigned. Exactly. So that's why he made that as a straight horror. And then he made The Shocker or Crime Wave. I can't remember. Shocker was Wes Craven. Okay. So he made Crime Wave in between. And he was able to uh, parlay that minor success of Crime Wave into Evil Dead 2, which I'm assuming is the Evil Dead he originally wanted to make. Yeah. Maybe. So, like. No, it's, it's he's come out on record on it. So that's. But, but you have. So you're saying, how do you get from that straight up horror film to this? And I'm saying that. You have Evil Dead Two in the middle there, which is a horror comedy, because mm-hmm. like it has the same physical comedy this movie does, and mm-hmm. I feel like that is a that is a bridge. Like mm-hmm. that, if if you watched Evil Dead Two, you can understand that this is a logical, not necessarily logical, but this is a, a progression. Like it is is kind of obvious mm-hmm. after the fact. Whereas sure. if he if whereas if he would have did something in in the style and tone of Evil Dead Two first, it might have not have catched on as quickly as Evil Dead did. Yeah, I, because he yeah. was playing to the exploitation crowd. Yeah, I mean, totally. I you guys brought up very good points on that. It, it just, you know, but just when I see this trilogy and it's like it just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, very confusing to me. Um, not a single actor from the first movie to to the remake is even talented, uh, in my opinion. I, 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 Bruce Campbell, I get why people like him. I do. I see the appeal. He is a poor man's Jim Carrey. I get it. I really do. But my eyes are seeing a guy who cannot act. A guy that cannot act himself out of a paper bag. A guy that literally is a terrible fucking actor. Who doesn't realize he's a terrible actor. That is harsh. That's what I see. That is harsh. And I understand that he's making... How many millions do you have? I'm not an actor. <laughs> well, I don't. Saying, I don't like, want to be an actor. I don't claim this to be an actor. <laughs> if I acted in a movie and people say I was shit in it, to I'm defend, fine. probably to defend shit. Jordan against your. St- I know you weren't being serious about the how many millions do you have. I think it's. I think it's. I think that's kind of a crappy sort of thing to say. Like, oh, just because you haven't doesn't haven't done it doesn't mean that you can't judge it. It's like if like if you can't sing, but you judge someone for the singing abilities. It doesn't mean you don't know what you're talking about. You can you can tell when somebody's to you when something mm-hmm. sounds good or not. Mm-hmm. So to defend, I think you're wrong, Jordan. But to defend you, that's that's our American freedom. Yeah, no, I, I just I just don't see anything good out of his acting. I've I've never liked him. Uh, people in college were always telling me to see Boondock Saints, Pulp Fiction, and Bubba Hotep. And I saw Bubba Hotep in college. I was like, this is terrible. I I, I don't know why everybody thinks this is great. Same thing. Same opinion with uh, Boondock Saints. I thought that was fucking terrible. 
Like, everybody thinks these movies are great. Pulp Fiction was the best out of the three that they told me to watch. You know what I mean? It's like, wow, this guy's a, literally a terrible actor. Watch Ash vs. Evil Dead. I know the Evil Dead. I'm interested. What what can stars do to this franchise? I'm interested. After the first episode, well, wow, I'm not going to watch another thing again. This is terrible. He's a bad actor. It's, he's, he's, just, he's just a bad actor. He may know that he's in bad shit. He may know that he's hamming shit in. He may know it. But he's still bad. I mean, like, the Spider-Man trilogy? Sam Raimi just threw him in there because it's Bruce fucking Campbell. And I made Bruce Campbell, so I'm going to put him in these movies. And every time that they lingered, what was it, the second movie? When he when Peter Parker was trying to get into the fucking theater? And they lingered for five fucking minutes? Like, Bruce, why? It's, it's, it's terrible. He's terrible. He's a known quantity, and he's a friend of the director. I don't see any problem with those. I think those are fun little cameos. It's a little cameo. A cameo is what he did in the first movie when he introduced Spider-Man. You see what I'm saying? Well, a cameo, in uh, the definition of a cameo is a short appearance. In a sure, but yeah. not a long five-minute one. So, yeah. anyway, we hope everybody enjoyed this episode of PodPest. Uh, make sure to check us out at movieguyspodcast.com and movieguyspodcast.podbean.com on iTunes, Movie Guys Podcast. You can check this episode out and many others, such Movie Guys Podcast, for your Distraction, Underground, Hot Pot, and Hey, I Like That Game. But uh, Best Friend Ryan, thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome. And Brother Brandon, thank you so much for showing this movie. Uh, it's always a pleasure. And we'll talk to everybody next week for another awesome episode of Podcast. Have a good night. Good night, everybody.